everyone. Welcome to Buckle Up Podcast. I'm Natalia Earl, and I'm a certified business and life coach that loves talking to people. I'm fascinated by humans and how our brain works. What is it that makes a decision good or bad, and how does that decision ultimately shape our path and destiny? Everyone loves to talk about success, but what about the flip side? How about adversity? Failure is such a big and often necessary part of life, and it's simply unavoidable. So I invite you to join me on this inspiring, honest, unpolished interview show with breathtakingly real conversations that go deep on setbacks and hardships that are part of the puzzle that ultimately lead to growth, discovery of inner greatness, and what makes us resilient. Grab your helmet and buckle up, people. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but what a ride it will be. Today's episode is brought to you by Quintana Law PA. Quintana Law is a woman and minority-owned civil litigation law firm based in Miami, Florida. Quintana Law specializes in representing Florida homeowners and commercial property owners in disputes with their insurance companies as the result of property damage. Quintana Law also handles bad faith claims against insurers on behalf of Florida's insured. They are proud members of the South Florida community and believe strongly in supporting various charitable causes, other women-run businesses, and the arts. For your complimentary policy review and a consultation, you may reach my favorite South Florida insurance attorneys at QuintanaLawPA.com. And of course, don't forget to tell them that Natalia sent you. Today's guest, Paul Aramuni, is a young, hearing-impaired, aspiring author. With a published fictional murder mystery novel called The Truth of the Unknown Interpreter. He has decided to write a book that explains a little bit of what it's like to have his condition. Paul grew up at first to become an electrical engineer, but due to different scene of events, he became an entrepreneur, and that has been his passion ever since. Hello, Paul. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you arrive at the place where you are today? Thank you. Um, I'm really glad to be here. So right now I am in FAU, currently majoring in digital marketing. I've always had a passion for digital marketing because I've worked at many different job industries. I didn't really like those that much. And I've always had a passion for business. When I was in high school, I was generally into electrical engineer because some of my uncles were electrical engineers and they were telling me about their lives and how cool it is and from what I could tell they made a pretty good amount of money so I got myself into the electrical engineering program in high school when I was a junior I started fundraising for this JROTC program and I didn't really care for selling candy at first but then when I was in the swim team at that time and the money was going to be used to better the equipment, uniforms, etc. for the swim team. It was like, okay, I'll give it a try. So I went ahead and gave it a try. I didn't realize how good I did because I sold a whole box of candies. It was like 200 candies in less than three days. And then I was like, oh, oh wow, so my marketing skills must be that amazing. Uh, later on, I decided to write a book 
I've always had a lot of creativity mm-hmm. for writing. I was always so good at English. A lot of my peers hated English. I always had the good grades. So <laughs> essays were no big deal for me. When I wrote my first book, I completed that in seven months. I didn't have much of a social life. Every morning before school started, during lunch break, after school, just go to the library and write this book. Um, this book called The Truth of the Unknown Interpreter. Congratulations. I mean, that's a great achievement. It's not easy to write a book, especially in seven months. So congratulations. I know it is a fictional story. So what inspired you to write this book? The protagonist of the story, he's hard of hearing. And he Mm -hmm. moved from one country to another to run away from his problems. And he later refaces them and ends up in a murder mystery. The real inspiration that came from this book is that the boy that moved from one country to another to run away from his problems, he's hard of hearing. I don't know if I said that already. Mm-hmm. I am hard of hearing. My whole life, I was in a deaf and hard of hearing program, the DHH. In middle school, I was in this assigned school that I had to go to. I had an amazing interpreter over there, and I had a not-so-great interpreter, and and it was getting closer to my eighth grade year. I was supposed to go to this assigned high school, but I didn't want to go there because I decided that I wanted to adjust my life to a much more hearing standard, if that makes sense. Like I did not want to be with the deaf kids, anything associated with the deaf culture. Um, I got that to happen for me. I moved to a different new school. I got everything perfectly fine for me. No hard of hearing affiliates, no interpreters or nothing. But unfortunately, your records, everything from your past follows you. There's something called an IEP. It's a contract that really correlated to my disability and that had to come with me. And unfortunately, I had an interpreter. Fortunately enough, she was an amazing interpreter, the best I've ever had. Later on my 10th grade year, in the beginning, Unfortunately, she had to go because there was a a client who was Italian and he was deaf. And apparently, agency needed her specialty. I just don't know why they couldn't find another interpreter. But I got another interpreter. And four years later, it was the worst experience I've ever had. She was not the best. Our chemistry was just like unbalanced. It's just I did not like her at all. I tried really hard to, you know, get rid of her in a way, like to not have her in my life anymore. I did a petition. <laughs> I got like 500, 500 people to sign this petition, but the principal of the school did not go through with this. She even said it was illegal in a way. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I even at one point emailed the superintendent of the school. He didn't even bother answering my response. He just went straight to the principal and the principal was like, she really went to the superintendent and emailed him. I said, yeah, I guess she, she didn't leave until the last few weeks of school. So I guess all of my hard work paid off, but it didn't really matter because it was the end of the school year. Excuse my ignorance, but are the interpreters assigned to you in school by school? So you have no choice whatsoever. They're just assigned to you. Yes. Okay. I don't choose the interpreters. They just 
send them to me. <laughs> and yeah, so you don't um, even get to interview so, them uh, or to see if you, like you said, if you get along, if you understand each other, if you like each other's energy, none of that. You just get what you get. Frankly enough, in college, you get a much more um, flexible mm -hmm. contract with these interpreters. You can call the agency and just say, hey, I'm, I don't like this interpreter with like a new replacement. But fortunately enough, I never had a problem with my college interpreters. They were the best ones. In fact, I actually missed the ones that I can't see anymore and I had to get a new one. But the cool thing is that you could always call the agency and call them and, and see if they could potentially be your interpreter for your upcoming classes. And yeah, so that's really cool. This, this interpreter that I didn't like, I, I bottled up so much anger because she was stuck with me and there was nothing she could go. In fact, after all these things that I've been doing behind her back, she came to me and she like yelled at me and said, I've been working for the school district for the past 13 years. There's no way you could ever get rid of me. <laughs> and in my oh mind, my I was goodness. Like, okay. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. So I just went to the library and decided to write this book. All the characters that I put in this book are based on real life events the murdering part that's just a little spice the monsters the evil cult i put in there the other crazy action drama it was the spice of the book and that's how i got it to make it really interesting and that's what happened behind the scenes of writing this book Yeah. That's awesome. So you took all your imagination or bottled <laughs> frustration and you put it out all <laughs> in the book and you, you made it colorful. <laughs> I showed it. I couldn't have done it without myself, though, by myself. Um, I had a lot of friends help me, um, a lot of opinions, and we just went back and forth and just really turned this book into a piece of art. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's what I was going to ask you. Who were you sharing your chapters with and who was your biggest fan? Well, definitely my closest friends who helped me with the book. Some of my English teachers helped me proofread the book and with grammatical errors and spelling and etc. And yeah, I really enjoy this book. Although I am in the process of writing a bit more bucks and I think the first one is just a start and yeah yeah absolutely are you planning to build on this book like are you planning to do series or are you working on completely different books although I've already written a second book it's always room for improvement um I actually already wrote a sequel to the first book it's, just, it's a part two so the first book is um about how the protagonist had an amazing time with his favorite interpreter. And then unfortunately, due to mysterious circumstances, she was gone from his life. Now this book is essentially a mystery case of what happened to this interpreter. So the second book is essentially going to be about the protagonist, the life that the protagonist and the favorite interpreter had before this mysterious circumstances. Yeah, this is, it's it's the before and after, but switched around and yeah. And where can the listeners find your book, Paul? So the truth of the unknown interpreter, you guys can find it on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. Um, my book is available in more than two hundred bookstores nationwide, but it's available through the website 
you guys can essentially type it on Google and you guys will pretty much combine it anywhere. And yeah. As someone that's gone through the high school journey as a hard of hearing, what was the toughest part? You know, now you're in college, so you said things are a little bit easier, but for others that might be going through the same journey, what was the toughest part for you and how did you overcome it? Elementary school was essentially the start of the um this part of my disability. Then as it gradually went up, it got harder and then it just went downhill and it went easier. In elementary school, middle school, students would not want me in their circle just because I was different. <laughs> I would remember students saying, oh, you can't be here because you're deaf or you can't be here because you can't hear or something like that. And also there would be a lot of mocking when I was younger. I guess you could say they didn't have the best hearing aids or something like that. I would make them repeat themselves a lot and they would mock me a lot. And I did not really like that. And then I would just be like, never mind. As I go through life, especially when it's superiority, the people who have higher authority, there will be times where I would pretend I heard you. And then I would just confirm it just so I don't annoy people. Three times is the max I would question you. Then I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I feel like people with visual impairments get more respect in a way than hard of hearing people and i just don't understand why hard of hearing people can't have the same respect i mean we're not that unique it's just i don't know but yeah that was just the toughest part when i got to high school everything was more easier everybody saw you equally other than the guys the women they would look at me pretty weird like like in a strange look because I was hard of hearing and maybe they were just like stuck up or something, but I don't know if that's just high school teenagers. How is it right now for you in college? Is it easier for you to make friends? And and because maybe you're around a little bit more mature crowd too. How is life today? When I was in middle school, yeah, there were um, the cons about my disability and also I was not the most social person out there. Uh, as the years gradually went by, ninth grade, I was not very social. And I noticed that there's way more social people that I've ever seen. I've seen, you know how like in movies, you would see groups uh-huh. of athletes, um, the Gothic people, <laughs> the band, the geeks, etc. It was a lot like that when I went to high school. I have never seen so many, um, so many groups in cafeterias. And on the sides, on the walls, in the hallways, outside in the courtyard, I would see people that, that would just sit by themselves, looking very gloom and just eating their sandwich and just with their headbutts and just minding their own business. It was only a matter of, t- matter of time before I wanted to end up like that person, the antisocial. I did not want to be like that guy. So I decided to boost my insecurity levels and to like diminish it but keep forcing myself to go out there because in my mind I kept saying to myself like the only fear I have in life is being alone mm-hmm. and living alone and just dying alone <laughs> so I just forced myself and talk to people and although um, you're not always going to hang out with the people that you want to hang out with I just decided to go out of my way to hang out with the cool kids frankly enough 
on the first day of school, I was just standing on this line to go get a hamburger. And there were two athletes behind me. They were really tall and buff. They were just laughing. And I looked at them strangely. And then they looked at me like so stern. And then I just looked back at the line. I, I got my food. I went to sit down. And I was in the far left corner of the table. And then there was like 10 seats to the right and the front of my table. There was like a huge group. As I was minding my own business, the, one of the guys from the line that saw me, he saw me as he was talking to his friends. He, he yelled he yelled at me. He said, hey, you, come over here. I was like, me? I was like, yeah. And then I sat with him. And then everybody just like stopped talking about what they were talking about and just started talking to me. And then, and then I just felt really happy because I never felt so invited and welcome <laughs> so i sat with the cool kids like there was like cheerleaders and football players and other people from that point on the whole like group i just got to know them and then everybody was everywhere the next day and then i talked to some few people and then i got to hang out with their friends and their friends introduced me to their friends and it was like a whole hierarchy chart or something like that and it was, just, it was really fun and i met a lot of people and that is essentially how I am um, the candy fundraising I told you about. That was in mm-hmm. 11th grade, 9th and 10th grade. I was very social. 11th grade, the only reason why I was able to sell 150 candies in three days was because of how social I was. And mm-hmm. one of my friends, he's like the biggest social guy out there. Like he would yell at everyone in the cafeteria. Like he would just like literally put a giant disclaimer that i was selling candy and i was like nervous because i was like like sheesh but i need that to be supportive for my business and yeah i just really love that yeah Yeah. so although i'm hard of hearing that shouldn't really stop you from you know going out there making friends and whatnot i feel like a lot of people would find the smallest level of bad part about them and turn it into the reason why no one's gonna like you but it's not always the case so you should just go out there and see for yourself and yeah absolutely i mean you're an amazing wonderful young man and you have such a great personality and have so much to offer to people and i believe you also have a youtube channel correct yeah okay so the only reason why i started youtube is because so when i was in high school 11th grade i was selling candies I would have my own like little business. Like I would have three people selling candy for me. Like I had a whole organization. It's like, it's like narcos, <laughs> but with candy. Um, I love so it. I, I would be making a lot of money. Uh, I made like $300 or $600 a week. That was crazy. 12th grade came by. Unfortunately, that's like you're getting ended. You're getting closer to the end of the school year. So I was like, oh no, what's going to happen for my candy business? Like I thought, why not try to sell candy online? And some people thought it was a great idea. Some people thought it was not a great idea because of the competition. So instead of selling like Reese's Cups, Snickers, M&Ms through online, I decided to go to the more foreign candy route and try to be the middleman in a way, get candy from foreign candy from other stores, sell it online. I've invested a lot in this candy business, this website, the website, the artwork, the thankfully i did not buy candy yet i even try to get as much as people to collab with me market with me this candy product 
which some of my friends told me to start YouTube. Yeah, it was really hard to market and to, you know, throwing money into the business. But I think you need a lot more to run a candy business. Yeah, I stopped that for a while. Um, it closed down the business. Um, so I just decided to make YouTube videos. And then later on, I kept making vlogs, and travel vlogs, food reaction videos. Now, I recently started doing um, interview videos for the past month. It'll be my first month of straight interview videos. I think those are going really well. And hopefully, from here on out, it's just going to keep soaring up on subscribers and whatnot. Oh, that's amazing. So, Paul, what is the one thing that people wouldn't guess about you? I feel like the impression people get when I when I come up to them is that I have a pretty upbeat personality. I'm not sure if they wouldn't be able to tell how determined I am, how much of a goal-getter I am, hustler, ambitious. I don't know. It's not a persona that you flex to people out there. A lot of people like to hustle in silence. I'm pretty loud, but I don't think people would guess that much about my goals and what I'm doing. And yeah. So I think maybe my ambition for things and goals. What gives you hope right now? In the past four years, I've been trying to open up a lot of businesses. I've been trying to find my pot of gold. Um, I started the candy business. I've opened up a merch store. Then I tried to do sign language business. I'm very good at sign language. I've been signing my whole middle school, elementary school life. I even tried to... to to help people edit videos. All of these businesses went down and I just have a lot of faith in myself. I started the book business. The book business is pretty much, it's a huge roller coaster. It's like, it's drowning, but it's trying to get up there. Took a lifeguard, a professional lifeguard or a swimmer, but he's trying to make it to the other side with the anchor tied to his leg. That's how much, that's how it feels like for my book. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm really trying to get my book out there and my YouTube channel out there. Because once I get my um, YouTube channel to do very well for me, then I'm going to revive my candy business. So last few questions that I ask everyone, what are your three favorite books? I've always enjoyed mystery books. I've I've always loved um, like detectives, murder mysteries and etc um the only reason why i was able to write this book so well is because i've always watched like mystery shows like criminal minds csi and bones i believe it's called and mystery movies a lot of action movies that's how i'm and drama movies that's how i'm able to correlate so much into this book a lot of creativityness um comic books i love um middle school, teenage drama, comic books. I've read mm -hmm. books like Big Nate. I don't know if you heard of that one. I used to love the Diary of Ruby Kid books. And if you were granted three wishes, what would they be? I would wish for everyone in my family, family and friends to live very happily and stress-free. I guess I would say I would like to be very well-known or very powerful in a sense have a huge recognition and a huge impact in the world i think that would be really cool and the third one would be healthy life and what would you like to be most known for i don't have anything right now but i feel like everybody uses their disability to their advantage 
or maybe that's just a mistake that everybody just makes it happen. Um, like first handicapped person to do this or like a handicapped person that can do a backflip on a wheelchair over a ramp. That's like more viral than a professional dirt bike racer who can do backflips, like something unique you don't see often. There's a deaf guy who recently um, was in a movie and I forgot what the name was, but it was pub- it was released in 2021. He won the Oscars. He was the first deaf guy to win the Oscars. That was really cool. So I guess in my case, the first hard of hearing person. I don't think there's any hard of hearing people out there that have gotten 10 million subscribers on YouTube or got best books, best um bestseller books or I don't think there's ha- I don't think there's ever been a deaf billionaire. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting that title. <laughs> oh so, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. So yeah, I would for like to sure. be well known for a few things. I'm not sure yes. what the number one is, but yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. And where can the listeners find you, Paul? You can find me on YouTube, Paul Vlogs with a V, or you can find me on Instagram. Paul underscore Aramuni. And if you guys want to check out my book, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, or you could just search on Google my full name, and that's where you'll be able to find me. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks again for everything. Thank you so much for taking this ride and spending part of your day with me. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if it inspired or impacted you in any way, and if you got anything helpful out of it, don't forget to subscribe. It would mean so much to me if you left a quick review and shared this podcast with others on your social media platforms. And of course, don't forget to tag us. Stay true to yourselves, friends. Until next time. Adios. Arrivederci.